Earlier today, I watched The Last Tree. On Quilly TV, I opened the. Uh, I'm trying to watch different things. Usually, when I work from home, just like office in the background, or like either or the TV's off, or stars on live. I watch him. I turned on the TV, and it was like free movies this month, and I was like, "Yeah, let me watch one of these free things that are always." Like, they're there for a limited time, right? Like, going to the movies, it's just there for a limited time. Like, a season of a, a TV show, it's there for a limited time. Let me honor, you know, someone curated this, right? Let me honor that. Let me honor someone's curation of content. And I saw this movie, The, the Last Tree. 98% ratings on Rotten Tomato. I'm like, damn. It's about... Uh, you know, a young black boy moving from one neighborhood to another in, in, in the UK. So the movie starts off with him playing with a bunch of friends, and I think they were all white friends. And he goes home, and he's living with a white woman. At some point, this black woman shows up and hits his mother. You know, that he was in foster care, and his mother wants to take him home. You see him with the his white foster 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 mother. Yo, it's just love, happiness, hugging, and all of that, man. And I'm watching him as a boy, in back with his biological mother, and he's being mistreated, yelling at him, scolding him, he gets beaten. And I see myself in him, man. He had more heart than me. <laughs> like a kid made fun of him. First of all, kid said his name wrong. The kid, like, sat in front of him and started roasting him. And he got up and he just he snuffed him. <laughs> and he just started <laughs> getting at him. I don't, I don't think I ever did that. But seeing, seeing his home life really and resonating with that. You know, something's wrong. Something's always wrong, right? And home, the only place where you're supposed to feel safe and protected, home is where you're terrorized. While I was watching it, I thought about, I made the connection to what the black experience is, right? Home is where you are abused, abused mentally, physically, spiritually. There's a scene where his name is Afemi. His mother's like about to, I think she hits him. She starts like swinging at him and he runs out the house. And I thought to myself, I've never ran out the house. I just took the beating. And I thought about, you know, you live with your abuser. You live with your physical abuser, your mental, spiritual abuser. You'll never run. You just accept the condition. And then connecting that to black experience. That's the 
you know, they're always the, the social, the individual, right? Traumas that we go through, right? You know, there's also women who live with the abuses, men who live with the abuses. You gotta know where to go. This is it. It's here a bust. Thinking about when you, when do you take that risk and say, fuck it? When do you run out and figure something? Like, as a kid, I, I had nowhere to go. Like, as a kid, if I ran out the house, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? I ain't got no friends who's gonna take me in. I'm just gonna, I, I'm gonna sit, sit, on, sit on the stairs. Sit outside in the cold. Nah, I'll just deal with it, right? Because this is where home and comfort is, right? That's the psychological drain and realization of, you know, those experiences. But also connecting that to the black experience and resonating with the story. And, you know, wrapping up with that, wrapping up with, uh, with the last tree, relating it to the Coming to America sequel. Prince Julian finds his identity through his experience. You know, going back home, and Femi goes home. He meets his father at some point, half siblings, and like he's looking at his half siblings, and they're like, "Oh, this is your, your, your brother," and they're staring at him. He's looking at them, and he don't give a fuck about them. And like that's how I feel about my half siblings. I, I don't care. I, I don't give a fuck about you, yo. And he meets his biological father. And through all of the you know, abuse and trouble he got into, to, he gets older at some point in the movie. His mother slaps him. And there's a scene where his, he has one teacher who like cares about him and who's, who wants to advocate for him and tell him not to make mistakes and like you know make better choices in life. He's like, yo, watch your mouth, man. You know, he's about to put work on the teacher. But instead of that, he breaks down, he hugs him, and he starts to cry. A Black Culture Podcast is sponsored by Reaching Toward Your Light, microdosing on life to self-heal from your three trauma triggers. A mental awareness and self-help memoir centered on healing from isolation, trauma, and limited ideologies sparked by personal, social, and spiritual trauma triggers. Learn more at reachingtowardyourlight.com. Sometimes, yo, all you need is a fucking shoulder to cry on. My experience and realization is that I have, I'm the only person whose shoulder I can cry on. It's just, it's my shoulders. The trauma I grew up with, I was, they there was no consoling. There's no one hugging me to say, hey, it's okay, buddy. What people view as being independent or selfish or an inability to rely on people is this, yo, I've been doing everything. I've literally, right, at the lowest moments of my life as a child, I nursed myself to uh, calm or whatever. It's all I know. It doesn't have to be all I know forever, but right now, 
That's all I know. So it's all I do. I cried for Gustav the way I did because I was alone. It was just me and him. And in my mind, I hoped that the energy I was offering him at that time, right? Because he's never seen me. He's never felt my energy like that. He's never heard me like that. So I hoped that the uniqueness in my energy resonated with him and he understood my vibrations. That's all I got. Peace. Thank you.